Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 43 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. This week, I'm going to bring you the story of two Melissas and a Hope and their crafty friendship that turned into a business co-ownership and a collaboration on a book. You may have heard of them already. They are Melissa Rannells, Melissa Alvarado, and Hope Ming. And I had the pleasure of chatting with Melissa Alvarado and Hope at a sewing expo in Novi, Michigan, not long ago. Melissa and Hope are going to be able to tell you the story behind the scenes of how they started this fabulous place called Stitch Lounge. It's a drop-in urban sewing studio in San Francisco where you can come in with friends or by yourself and rent time on a sewing machine or take classes. They have tons of stuff there for you to sew with, whether it be fabric or if you want to refashion vintage clothing. It's all right there, and there are people to show you what to do. It sounds like a great place, and man, I wish I lived closer to San Francisco. We chatted because they have a new book out called So Subversive, Down and Dirty DIY for the Fabulous Fashionista. One of the great things about their book is that it's accessible. You don't have to have 12 years of sewing experience under your belt to get started. Many of you have probably seen in crafty publications and just on the street walking past people refashioning is in big time people are taking clothes from their closets or clothes that they pick up at a vintage store or secondhand store of some kind and refashioning just kind of pulling them apart ripping out seams cutting things sleeves off cutting sections out sewing them together they can pretty much create out of existing garments and that's really what the owners of stitch lounge have mastered as they've come out with a really fun to read sewing book i want to encourage you to check out craftsanity.com after the show for a free pattern from their book which i think you're going to like it's a pdf download that taunton press has so kindly donated and thank you once again to the publisher for donating the book taunton press is really great so in order to get the book all you have to do is refashion something whatever you have something in your closet something you pick up from a vintage store doesn't matter to me. Take a picture, send it in, and I'll give you uh, a couple weeks to do that since I know we're all busy. There'll be more details on that after the show. Okay, so let's get to it. Give us a little background. So start with your name. and Sure. Uh, my name is Hope Meng, and I'm 29. I grew up in San Diego with both of the Melissas. We are actually childhood friends, Please. so Melissa can expand on that one. But <laughs> <laughs> And I went to college at UC Berkeley um, the first time around. I'm actually back in school for my second bachelor's degree at California College of the Arts studying graphic design. Tell us how you started. So, so I used to dance with a belly dance troupe. And now, How old were you when you got into that? I was about... 18. Okay. And when it came time for me to make my first costume, I pulled out Melissa R.'s mom's old Kenmore, which is like mint green, all metal parts. Lovely, and it sounds. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful machine. And I plugged it in and I stepped on the foot pedal and I thought, oh my God, it's broken. It's not working. And somebody <laughs> asked me, did you turn it on? And I was like, oh, I didn't know you had to turn these things on. I was that clueless. And I made, a, and I made this like crazy fitted, like belly dance costume, hand beaded it and everything. That was your first project. That was my first project. So you went from not being able to like yeah. turn the machine on to doing a fitted hand Yeah, garment. like a belt and then a bra and everything and wow. a skirt. It was crazy. It was really nuts. So yeah, I jumped from that into, I started making these chalk bags for rock climbers. I was also a rock climber out of 
faux fur. And basically, I learned how to sew about seven or eight years ago. I've been going at it since. Like, I, I, it's not something I picked up over time. It was really from zero to a hundred. Like, I really loved it right away and just kept going at it. And I would estimate that I sew at least like twice every week because wow. I just like doing it. <laughs> now, when you say you sew, are you sewing, like doing a whole project twice every week or just sewing something? Well, if I get really busy, I just sew something, you know, quickly, mend things or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm constantly, you know, remaking my clothes. I get bored fairly quickly with right. my wardrobe and start cutting or, you know, if I don't have a lot of time, I'll just start cutting things. But if I um, have some more time, I usually start making shirts or whatever. So since I've gotten like really busy the past couple of years, I would say it's probably slowed down a little bit, but I have my sewing machine set up at all times. So it's really something that I just, it's like a relaxing thing for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like bad when I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, it feels like I'm, I'm not, it's like not, not going to the gym or something. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where you're yeah. so busy you can't go to the gym. It, that's how it is. If I, I'm so busy I can't, so I feel bad about it. Like, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> no, I understand. I'm with yeah. you on this. Yeah, I understand. A lot of people listening at home will be with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I find I get a little grumpy, too. If I haven't done yeah. any kind of project, it's like... Well, you have ideas, and you can't well, yeah, put them can't... into... Fabric mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. And yeah. The yeah. Pile of all the possibilities gets uh -huh. bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. Yeah. 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 So, did you know when you made that first belly dancing costume? Did you know that something? I mean, did something hit you then that you knew this was something you were going to want to do? Um, I guess I probably did. Yeah. yeah. It was something I really enjoyed, and I I think I did at that time realize, wow, this is so cool to be making your own things. Right. It was really that kind of that sense of empowerment that kept mm -hmm. me going at it, I think, to make your own items that you normally buy, you know. And I had been interested in it for a long time, but hadn't just hadn't pulled out the sewing machine or anything. Right. So really it was like, it was very much a, you know, we, we have Stitch Lounge now, mm -hmm. and we call it um, the modern version of the sewing circle. And when I learned how to sew, it really was like a sewing circle. I was sitting around with the other members in my troupe. We would bring our machines over and make our costumes together. And so they would teach me how to sew things on little by little. And then by the third costume, it was like, you know, I was teaching them how to do things, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so it was cool. Yeah. And yeah. so, and who would have ever guessed that you would belly dance your way to sewing? <laughs> yeah, I'm no longer belly dancing, but I'm still sewing. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's, belly dancing sounds fun. Yeah. You know, but I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> Put it on the list. Yeah, <laughs> my list is very long. Yeah. <laughs> so, Melissa, what about you? Um, well, my name is Melissa Alvarado, and I just turned 30. I just turned 30. Oh, good. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's I'm different. okay with it. I it's too. different. It was, it's, yeah, it is one of those milestones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to 30. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> I'm almost there. You're going to be yeah. fine. Yeah. So, um, like Hope said, I grew up in San Diego. Okay. Um, the other Melissa, Melissa Rannells, uh, her and I have been friends since we were five years old. Wow. So we were in brownies together, and so we've been crafting and making fun things, you know, ever since we were little girls. And Hope came into our circle of friends around junior high. Mm -hmm. Hope's locker was above Melissa's in PE, so <laughs> <laughs> instant friends, you know? Yeah. So I went to college in San Luis Obispo, California, at Cal Poly. Mm -hmm. Uh, studied engineering, and I got my graduate degree at San Jose State University, also in California. 
Um, and I work as an ergonomics consultant. So I'm corporate by day, and um, you know we do stitch lounge and sew and have all this yeah. creative by night. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't flag me for my backpack. Well, that's ergonomically I try very to bad. I try to turn it off. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to let you know you don't have to worry. I know it was a bad. Okay. Thing. <laughs> well, that's fine. You're off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. when did you get into the whole you know sewing? Um, well, you know, my mom sewed. She used to sew all her own clothes. She sewed clothes for my grandmother. She sewed clothes for me. So mm -hmm. there was always a sewing room mm -hmm. and uh, sewing going on. And she taught me how to use the machine when I started to want to make scrunchies. So, okay. you know, we all wore scrunchies <laughs> yep, yep. and you had to have, you know, well, I had to have a lot of different colored ones. <laughs> so she'd set me up with the machine and, you know, elastic and scraps of fabric and I don't really remember her showing me how to use the machine. I just sort of watched her and then I would start to go and mm -hmm. and then she'd walk away and I would scream and yell when the needle broke because she had to come and fix it. So <laughs> it was like, you know, she always jokes that you can't sew through, you know, eight layers of denim and elastic and, you know, expect it to go. So I didn't ever figure it out. I kept trying anyway. Right. So I had lots of scrunchies and I don't remember sewing much more other than scrunchies. This was, you know, in sixth grade, seventh grade right. kind of time frame. She um, was really fashionable. I was, oh, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> that was the time for that, right? <laughs> Us being 39 that <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so I um, got back into sewing when the three of us, Hope and Melissa and I, met back up after college in San Francisco. And we have some real crafty clothing designer friends. Okay. And one of them in particular, her line is Silver Lucy. Actually, okay. we call her Silver Lucy now. <laughs> and she makes amazing clothes but our the construction is fairly simple so okay. watching you know her make her clothes and looking at her clothes it was like oh i could i could probably try this you know yeah. it's, this is not that you know as hard as it looks like on other things you know so right. it's really inspiring and so I got inspired to start making things, but I was still afraid of the machine. I didn't have one. It seemed intimidating. I wasn't going to go buy one. So I remember some of the first things I made, I sewed with safety pins. So I was, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I made a costume. Yeah, I made a, a costume for, we had a party that the theme was pink or punk. And, <laughs> fun. and so really fun. I made a pink punk costume and it was all assembled either tied or safety pin right. which you know went along with the punk thing but so it was kind of fun to just make something you know it had that same gratification of oh I made this right, right. but mm -hmm. it wasn't actually sewing and so the other Melissa and I moved in together and she brought a machine with her when we moved in okay, together so, so that the, was part of the roommate situation exactly she came, so she with, came with roommate plus machine <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I actually started playing with the machine again was yeah. with that and you know I, I still didn't really understand all the pieces of it I could make it go and whatnot but started sewing things and it was fun and it was it all came from the inspiration of watching Hope and watching <laughs> Silver Lucy and watching the other girls and like I can do this too you uh -huh. know this is fun this is probably three or so years ago now at this point and then we started Stitch Lounge and mm -hmm. now we're sewing all the time and we're teaching people and you know with, we've got this book so subversive mm -hmm. and it's sort of snowballing in a good way yeah yeah so how many years would you say in between when you started and now I was like 22 or something when I started yeah, yeah. I was it's probably been 20 years since when I first started to use the mm -hmm. machine I just wanted to add one more thing to our story is yeah. that the three of us went to Burning Man mm -hmm. together first year the first year that we ever went to Burning Man was with just the three of us oh okay we camped with some other friends as well but it was really you know and I think we were very inspired 
from that experience just by the community aspect and by the artistic aspect and like the idea that um, we could make something like Stitch Lounge actually work mm-hmm. in a city like San Francisco, yeah. especially. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think San Francisco, you couldn't be in a better place yeah. for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Stitch Lounge, tell me about that. How do you come to the point where you're like, you know, we're going to do this? <laughs> you know, I, mean, I know we all have these, we all have yeah. these big ideas, yeah. things we want to do. And, and it, I'm always intrigued to hear yeah. like what pushes people to the point where like, it's all right, we're not, no more talk. Yeah. We're doing, we're mm-hmm. doing this, you know? Well, I um, I had this idea that it would be, because we love, you know, thrift store shopping and vintage shopping. And right. I thought it would be great if you could buy something in the thrift store and then in the back of the thrift store sit down and refashion it or mm-hmm. embellish it or do something. So at the time, none of us, maybe you were living with Melissa. I don't remember. This was three and a half years ago or mm-hmm. so. And I remember I said, I came over to Hope's house yeah. and said, can you sit down? <laughs> I have this idea. Yeah. You know, what do you think about that? And, you know, do you think that we, this is a good idea? Do you think you might want to do it with me? You know, and so mm-hmm. she says, yeah, you know, this is interesting. And we were just happened to be at the right time in our lives where we had time. She was freelancing. I was consulting. We mm-hmm. sort of had enough time to think about something else. And so she says, yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that. And then we said, well, we, you know, we need Melissa too because like she had said with the Burning Man experience and we had all this Mm -hmm. um, sort of bonding and creative energy together. And so we then said, well, that's great. How do you open a business, you know? (laughs) Right, right. That's the hard part. Oh, okay. So together, Melissa A. and I took a business entrepreneurial classes through organization called Women's Initiative for Self-Employment. Okay. And basically it's a program that's nonprofit and it sort of targets low income women. And at the time, both of us were low income. <laughs> I still am. Uh, and you basically get this amazing like business training for, you know, $50 or something like that's it's 11, that's 12 great. week program. So we did applied for that and took the class and through that we basically we came out with like a business plan we had profit estimates you know it was like everything that you could ever want wow, starting a business and it was helpful you know through that process and the planning to refine the idea so mm-hmm. our right. store is not a vintage store that you go and you know ref- refresh yeah, clothing right, it has right. that aspect right. but it's really morphed into you know there's an open studio so you can drop in and use sewing machines the cutting table the sergers fabulous because yeah. a lot of people don't have the yeah. money to go out and buy an expensive mm-hmm. machine or the space or the so from the time that you know Melissa first proposed the idea and to the time that we opened it was about a year mm-hmm. and a half maybe mm-hmm. um, of like we would meet every single week the and three of us and just you know talk and ideas and brainstorming mm-hmm. and what were we going to do about this and that and yeah um, notes it really and notes and notes. yeah, it yeah. It, we were very I think pretty prepared when we opened at least mentally for you know what would lay ahead you know obviously there's always surprises when you open right, a totally right. new concept kind of business right right so there's so many lounges i think now popping up around the country but I, we're we were the first yeah so it we was, were doing a lot of research to try and find figure a out. model to copy oh yeah to see if the, yeah, yeah someone else had done yeah. it and there was nothing we ended up modeling it after 
um, the ceramic, you know, ceramics places. Like where a you patio. Can, yeah. yeah. Studio yeah. So we looked at the, that model. We looked at sewing school models. We looked at coffee shop models. You know, all these things that had the little aspects of kind of what yeah. we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, but it was pretty much, we were kind of shooting in the dark on yeah. a lot of it. <laughs> we sure were. Yeah. yeah. And this is what year? When you were, you finally, oh, when you. 2000. It opened in 04, 2004. Okay. But you really got started. It was a year and a half. Yeah. 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 It's amazing mm-hmm. how the time. Now, was that, what was that like? I mean, did you guys meet for breakfast or, what, or lunch or? Oh, what? for wine. <laughs> wine and dinner. They yeah. rotated whose house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we would always make dinner for each other and yeah. drink wine and yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and what is it like when you're friends with people? You know, and you, you're going mm-hmm. into a business. Um, mm-hmm. Was that? You think easier or harder well, you you, know, than just random people? I think in some ways it's easier mm-hmm. and in yeah. some ways it's harder, yeah. obviously. It's easy in the sense that we have been friends for so long that we know each other's strengths mm-hmm. and weaknesses and ins and outs. And so right. we've really sort of divided labor and responsibilities and chores based on our strengths. I mean, mm-hmm. it, makes, it only makes sense. And right, we're right. all comfortable enough in what we know we're good at that we go with it. And right. so... It's a, a pretty good partnership in that way, you yeah. know. The difficult things, obviously, there's always going to be difficulties. Well, <laughs> you're probably kind of like, I mean, I get the sense just from spending a limited time with you already that you guys are kind of like sisters in the, in the, yeah. In the fact We're that definitely. you know each other well, so well. that's also, yeah, that's what also makes it easier is that, you know, we're family now. We're not breaking up. So yeah. it's like, you know, if, if there were two people who were just business, business partners, partners, then there's always the threat of like somebody pulling out or somebody right. else buying the right. business out and that's not how it is with us yeah. so we're I mean we're personal friends as well as business partners and so we make it a priority to always kind of sustain the relationship the personal relationship right. part of it yeah we make rules sometimes where you can't talk about the business yeah. <laughs> or you, you have know, to give someone a... else a pedicure yeah <laughs> That's the penalty. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. We sort of force, I mean, everybody says going into it, oh, are you sure you want to open a business with your friends? And so we thought a lot about it ahead of time. And we even, you know, the part of our business school that we went to, there was an element that was uh, personal empowerment and, you know, more on the soft side of things and instead of just the hard business stuff. So we were pretty, you know, you can't predict everything and protect yourself against everything but we had right. at least an idea of you know we thought about it we talked about it we right. weren't going to pretend it wasn't there so. yeah mm-hmm. well in a year and a half and you guys took time yeah yeah we just, like decide one day over wine no right and the next hey. day go for a Let's check on that in the morning yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well and, and i'm interested too i think a lot of times when people want to start a business especially creative businesses like this one we all know all of us who have interest in the arts and crafts there's not a lot of money just flowing yeah and ro- rolling at people that are into mm-hmm. creative endeavors like this so how did you figure out how you're going to finance the business? Well, actually, the bulk of our seed money came from Women's Initiative. Awesome. So that's another one of their features is that once you finish their three-month program, then you can apply for a loan if you have a convincing business plan. Oh, and, that's fantastic. And then also Melissa's mother. Backed us get, up a yeah. little bit too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's really amazing because we did some other looking just to get extra money and no bank will give you a loan no. if you don't already have a business. Yeah. Right. You right. can't even apply for a loan until three years into it. Yeah. And then, yeah, so, so how do you get you yourself can't. going? Yeah, you yeah. have to have, you know, a parent or a rich friend or somebody. Or a sugar daddy somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's it? Where are they? <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't Hopefully see they're listening. I don't see any around here, but right. yeah. our email is. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, so that was an amazing opportunity. You know, it's sort of sappy, but we wouldn't be talking to you right now if it wasn't yeah. for this organization. They yeah. really got us going, and that's, yeah. that's but make make no bones about it. Oh, yeah. We open the business on like. The smallest amount of yeah. money you could possibly open a business. People ask us and we business. tell them and they go, that's impossible. Yeah. How, how much did that? you open it at? I mean, how uh, much it was that? a $10,000 loan. Okay, mm-hmm. so $10,000. Yeah. And now you had to rent space. Now, I'm just thinking, California yeah. is not exactly cheap. Um, no, it's sure. It's especially San Francisco. Yeah. So how did you pick your location? Well, we had two neighborhoods in mind okay. because one of them was the Mission in San Francisco, which is kind of, yeah, it's kind of like hip, but different and you know and then we also had Hayes Valley in mind which is where we ended up opening the store because it's kind of a it was up and coming neighborhood and okay up and, up, so you can kind of get in on the way up yeah and yeah. it's very fashion oriented there are like you know small designers around there who are you know selling tops for $150 yeah. type wow. of place. lots of boutiques and then we also had talked about the lower hate mm-hmm. which is also kind it's of DIY kind of neighborhood. yeah it's, As is the mission. Yeah. yeah. So we basically, oh, the way that it happened mm-hmm. was Melissa R. was on the bus on her way to work, and she saw this for lease sign in a window, and she's like, I wrote this number down, yeah. and we called it. And, and it had just gone up that day or something. Yeah. It, wow. was, it was meant to be. So yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. She was meant to be on that bus. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She was meant to be late for work that day. Yeah. Oh, she's really late for work She's always day. late. Oh, no. <laughs> No, I want to talk no. to her. No. <laughs> no, I don't want to start anything here. Oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, no. So, okay, so she sees the number. You guys call it. How'd you know that was the space? Well, we talked to the guy. The price was within our range for yeah. the location and everything, and we went and looked at it, and it was just perfect. I mean, it was calling out to be yeah. the studio. I mean, we yeah. walked in, and we could immediately, Picture immediately identify where the boutique would be, mm-hmm. where the dressing rooms would be, where everything would be, and so we were just like... And the basement is the same square footage. It's 900 square feet on the top and 900 on the oh, bottom. Awesome. So we have massive storage, and yeah. we, you know we've got an extra cutting table downstairs for the the stitchers or the people that work with us yeah. to use. And mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So was it just the three of you when you opened? Yeah. yeah and first, our... Now take me to the first day. So you guys get oh, the space. Wow. You set up. We were tired. What happened? <laughs> The first day, did you have a lot of press or any attention? We actually did have quite a bit of attention way before we even opened. So I had put up a splash page on our website, you know, okay. stitchlounge.com. Right. And it was just like, Stitch is coming soon. You know, it was just that, that kind real, of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but there was an email link and it was like we were already getting, you know, weeks before, like, oh, I can't wait for you guys to open. People were finding out about us in other states. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. really understand how that happened. <laughs> well, we sent but... out a pre- we developed a press release mm-hmm. and we sent it out. Uh, we luckily have a lot of nice friends. So you have some connections. Yeah. yeah. Somebody used to be a public relations person in San Francisco and gave us their entire contact list for all their press contacts. So wow. this was people all over the country and, you know, like magazines and newspapers and television. And so we just sent it out to everybody on the list. And it was just an email. Yeah. Um... And I think that's probably what generated a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then people would also walk by, and Mm -hmm. I just, you know, we had just put these, like, big butcher paper things in the window saying, Mm -hmm. Stitch, you know, coming soon, and they would, you Mm -hmm. know, and then they would visit the website from there. And I think we opened, we had one intern at that time, Amber, who Mm -hmm. you went went to art school with. That's right. So she was there the first day, or or at least when we first opened. Mm -hmm. 
did we, I don't remember if anyone else was working there yet. It was basically you that whole first summer. Yeah, we actually, so we, when we first, this is one of the things that we didn't know when we first opened. It was going to be me working the entire summer and in between classes, you know, or semesters. And it was funny because when we first estimated, you know, did our balance sheets and right. we kind of estimated that a lot of the net income would come in from the sewing lounge part of it where people were renting the machines. Right. Well, it turned out we opened, we offered two classes. It was like skirts and a beginning yeah, class or oh, something. Yeah. Or, and um, they filled up right away, like two days mm -hmm. into our opening, you know. Wow. And so we were kind of like, oh, I guess people want to take classes. <laughs> so, yeah. so we started offering them every single day. and Every single day? Yeah, and we offered them every day. Classes? Well, in the beginning, it was us. Yeah. It was Amber, who was, our, um, who was an intern, and a variety of different people who would just come in and they had heard about yeah. the business, and so they would come in and introduce themselves. Yeah. We got a lot of teachers first off from, from that kind of... We also had put things up on Craigslist, so okay. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar yeah. with Craigslist, and we used that a lot. To yeah, I don't think we got teachers from mm -hmm. that, but I think people probably saw the mm -hmm. posting and were and like, that sounds cool. Of mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So our first day was really, I mean, our families, you know, her mother... Yeah. Kate flew up from San Diego. We had a big party. Um, we did have it a big party. Well, that was a week later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We actually <laughs> built that into the plan. We were yeah. like, we're not going to be done with everything by the time we open the yeah. doors. So we had to so open have your party. party. Yeah. <laughs> and it was pretty big. We moved out all of the sewing machines because our, our space isn't like enormous. You right. Know? So we moved out all the sewing machines and it was pretty huge. Like the yeah. whole place was packed we and we had DJs and. and Sangria. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And who came? I mean, was this like friends of yours or were there just people that were friends, interested in what you were doing? A lot of people, our friends. Like yeah. in the local community. Yeah. Um, we, um, you know, like we were saying about our, our designer friend, Silver Lucy, we are friends with several other designers and especially in the burnt, the people that go to Burning Man and yeah. sort of this circle. There's a, a group in San Francisco called Cloud Factory Design Collective. Okay. And so it's a group of, I don't know, maybe 20 designers and they all, so once you kind of into those networks and the word yeah. kind of spread. Yeah, they post it to everybody their... else's projects. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds so fun. Yeah. yeah. So, so you guys were like, establish yourself as a, a cool place to be mm -hmm. with a party one week into it. Yeah. 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 Neighbors kind of got a sense for what you yeah. guys were about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> the obligatory, we're having a party. You're yeah. invited if you want to. <laughs> yeah, just don't call the cops on That's the noise. Right. You know? Call us first before you go We'll turn it down. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. Did you feel like that first week, because I mean, some people start businesses and it's kind of like they have no idea what to expect. You guys put a lot of planning into this. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you did make a change early on, though, shifting it to more classes. Yeah. But did you feel right away that, wow, this is great. Yeah, I'm, we're so glad we did this. Or were you still kind of nervous at the beginning about how it was I think it's pretty soon after yeah. we opened the buzz was, was there yeah. yeah people were interested they were mm -hmm. writing articles they were you know po things were popping up it was yeah. you know we weren't rolling in the dough at first <laughs> right. but yeah. the buzz was there and that yeah. continues to be there you know we're almost about two and a half years old now and that yeah. that excitement mm -hmm. and you know and we've never paid for yeah. marketing That's at all awesome. mm -hmm. it's just all word of mouth and you know i'm sure that we could 
you know, reach our tentacles out even more, but it's just like That's the right best. Now. As a journalist, so I can tell you that the best, I think that you know, a lot of times people spend to- so much money on marketing, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that the best word of mouth is really a, a blogger posting yeah. or a friend telling their friend. Uh-huh. You because know, if a PR person calls a newspaper, you know, all the PR people are going to be very upset with me, but yeah. it's, <laughs> I, I'm less interested as, as I am, because they're being paid to tell me this. Mm-hmm. Where if someone just says, hey, Jen, you got to check this out. Yeah. Because they really like it, not because someone's paying them. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, we were, I think pretty early on, we were like, wow, there is a lot of interest in what we're doing, so. Mm-hmm. So how long did it take before it became profitable? Um, well, when I was working that first summer, I wasn't getting paid, but we were able to pay our bills by the second month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we came out of the red really quickly in that mm-hmm. sense, but then we hired employees. Uh-huh. Right, so you gotta and, keep it going. Yeah, yeah, and we, you know, Hope had other things to do with our life except, from, <laughs> you know, from being there every day. So right. now it's fully staffed. I mean, yeah. we're at the point now where mm-hmm. we work <clears throat> on the clock, you know, quote unquote, one day a month. I mean, we're in there maintaining and doing more of the behind the scenes yeah. stuff. But so once we kicked in the payroll, we kind of went down a little bit <laughs> yeah. in the money We go world, back and but, forth. You know, yeah. we have had to put additional funds into the yeah. business occasionally. So it it's pays still... for itself probably as many months out of the year as we have to back it up. Right. I bit. see. So, okay. How but, big is your staff now? We have an interesting model. We have paid employees, but we also have interns. Okay. So the interns work for free lunch, basically. Okay. Um, and also there's other perks in that they get a better deal in the consignment boutique and they also get, you know, to use the space whenever they want to. Right. Well, um, teach private lessons yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. So paid. between the interns and the paid people, we have, I bet, a 10 people, handful of 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, men and women and all mm-hmm. different ages and some are self-taught seamstresses and some are school, you know, yeah. the right way people. Wow. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's cool. And who are you seeing come in? What is your clientele like? Um, it's the majority is 20 to 40. So Men or women or both? Both. Yeah. yeah. So we get, I mean, obviously I would say, I think earlier we said like 80% or so are women. Yeah. So there's enough men who come in. So the other men feel comfortable. Yeah. I think sometimes if you're the one guy, yeah. you know, it's just Well, you know, San Francisco is not, oh. don't, we don't have huge like gender kind <laughs> <No>. of lines. <laughs> no. That's what I love about San Francisco. Yeah. People are just people. accepting yeah. of uh-huh. whatever, yeah. you know. I think a lot of the people who come to our classes are career, you know, professionals and they wanted to learn how to sew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that we talk about often is, you know, San Francisco is such a tech-heavy city that I think people sit at their computers all day and they go home at night and they want to make something, you know, right. instead of, like, this thing that it exists on the interweb or whatever, you know. It's, <laughs> right, They right. want to make something tangible. And so we see a lot of those types of people. But we get all ages. Yeah. We get, you know, young teenagers who have their birthday parties. Oh, you do birthday parties. Mm-hmm. Oh, how fun. Yeah. yeah. Birthday parties, we've done bridal party, you know, bridal corporate sh- showers, corporate events, that kind so of thing. So people just come in with a group and make... Yeah, so we close mm-hmm. down the studio for them, and they do usually a, you know, placemats, or the little girls like to do handbags. t-shirt refashioning, uh, or handbags, yeah. and, you know, yeah. they like just to talk like Tim Gunn from Project Runway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the moms are always yeah. like, can you just say, make it work once or twice? <laughs> Oh, that's cute. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys make of this? The DIY mm-hmm. mindset seems to be like just, I don't know if it's because the internet has made the world smaller because we got mm-hmm. to look and see what other people are doing in other yeah. parts of the world, but 
just having your business and seeing these people come in, all ages, you know, men and women. What, I mean, what do you make of this, the high interest right now? What, what do you think is causing that? And you talked a little bit about the yeah. tech. You know, people are sitting at computers all day, but, mm-hmm. but why else do you think this well, is so I think, you know, kind of big. Feeding on what you're saying in terms of making the world smaller with the internet and all the connectivity we have, I think that helps feed on itself. So I can see you doing something, go, oh, I can do that. You know, so there's so much craft and DIY and all this movement and craze on the internet. Um, and now all the books that are coming out too, it's really, people are realizing that it's not that hard and it's Mm -hmm. not grandma stuff, you know? exactly. I think that it's been a real big advantage to us, you know, websites like crafter.org and these kind of sites that people are posting their projects and you can check it out and you can see, oh, I can make that too. And so I think it's sort (laughs) of this, you know, nice cycle of crafting that's working. Yeah. I think also... The internet, like you said, is making the world smaller. People are more informed about what's going on in the rest of the world. They're seeing like giant corporations who are taking over, you know, mom and pop shops. And I think it's kind of reclaiming that aesthetic or that idea of the homegrown business or whatever. I mean, not that you would have to have a business, but I think that, you know, people don't necessarily want to just wear what the Gap is telling them to wear or, you know, whatever big business is telling them to buy. I think that people get, you know, they feel like they're making a political statement when they make their own goods that would normally be bought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that that's a large part of the crafting trend right now. You guys practice what you preach because you're wearing some yeah. really awesome outfits. <laughs> and I, I brought a camera, so if you're oh, cool. to start flashing pictures, but so people can kind of see when we're going to talk about your outfit a little bit, and then okay. people will be like, "Well, I can't see it." So. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a tease! Yeah. So, so do you guys dress every day in things that you've you know kind of retrofitted, or, or do, you, do you ever go in a store and purchase something and wear it? Yeah. 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 We okay. do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Especially because um, I work in a corporate office that's very conservative yeah so if you came in with like they think my hair is wild enough like if they really they think your your hair they think it's wild yeah yeah Yeah. so because it has two colors (laughs) i'll often mix pieces though yeah yeah mix things it's funny amber the girl who was our first intern i ran into her and she liked something i was wearing and she said to me Oh, yeah, that's right, because you don't just put on clothes. <laughs> and I, I thought that was so funny. I was like, you know, I usually don't. I usually want to do something to it or yeah. dye it or yeah. just do something, you know. Um, to kind of make it your own. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, the fun way, you know, for those of us that have to work in a <laughs> in that kind of an yeah. environment, yeah. I wear a lot of vintage. So you can, you know, the idea of making your own stuff is to, you know, have this thing that is only yours, right, right and has right. your name on it, basically. And vintage is a fun way to do that, too. Mm-hmm. So you can often find a lot of neat pieces. Yeah. Of I have an orange dress hanging in my laundry room. It's polyester. Mm-hmm. People are going to think I have lost my mind. <laughs> when I go into work with this thing, because I plan to wear it to work. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just waiting for the right day. Yeah. <laughs> orange dress day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's just my husband looked at it, and he's like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> It is pretty crazy, but, but, it's, but it's, yeah, well, it's, it's just fun, you know, yeah. to be able to take something that, you know, and I'll probably do something to it. I haven't uh-huh. decided what yet. Yeah, but but it's fun to be able. Yeah. To, it's got a history, you know, mm-hmm. some of these clothes, and yeah. then when you make it yourself, I mean, you do something to it. So, what did you guys do here? Um, well, this dress I actually didn't make it. This is made by one of the designers from our store. Her oh, okay. name is Lucid Dawn, okay. and it's a mixture of three things. Um, it's a knit shirt, knit you know, t-shirt material on the top, and then this is 
it's also got more of it in the middle, but then this is an old sweater that's sort of in the in the midsection of it, and there was extra, so there's a little yeah, wristband, wristband that matches. You have to accessorize. Right. <laughs> and then the bottom skirt portion was just the, the skirt of a dress, another dress. Okay. Was, now, were these items you owned before? Um, not myself. We have in our store, we have bins of clothing that people can buy and refashion, okay. and so these were all things in those bins, okay. and I was there when she was, you know, pulling things out and mixing them together, and so... You know, they, and, and some of these trims were probably just scrap trims that she turned into a belt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's lots of pieces that have become one. Yeah, well, it's really, it looks really fun. And is it so, is this how you dress if you're not at work, the corporate? Thing? Yeah, this is definitely mm-hmm. how I mean, you feel more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. and luckily I, on, I only work four days a week at my corporate, so I have three days out of the week where <laughs> I can wear so my own. So are you still considered full time? Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. It's a good deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lucid managed to get another dress out of the same pieces and I own the other yeah oh so you yeah. Could, yeah. we could have been yeah. doublement twins uh-huh. so. well but it's pretty different it's like yeah. a totally different style which is really interesting too because yeah. you could take the same pieces and mm-hmm. just make them I mean right. the possibilities are endless you yeah know? okay and so, so what do you have um, my shirt is homemade you know you could easily do this with a t-shirt and add embellishment or whatever other yeah. fabric but the bright pieces are from a polyester shirt okay um, so you can imagine how loud that would be if it was all over your yeah, entire if, top. Yeah, that would be. Um, yeah. So, but I saw it and I loved the color purple and I thought, oh, how cool! I'll just take that and see what I can do with it. And yeah. it's actually yielded like two shirts, you know, two separate pieces since I used so little of it. Yeah. And I just, you know, cut off pieces from the body to make the sleeves and made a little patch pocket. We were saying in our class earlier that we like to cut up moo's a lot because okay. a lot of times the fabric is so interesting and the prints are so great but there's just too much of it you don't want that all over your entire body right. it's, yeah. so yeah. um you know we just take them and make dresses or make tops or pants or whatever because there's so much yardage in a moo yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so um that's what we'll do often like if i i've made a dress similar to this with a moo and i just you know take the add a skirt portion to the bottom and it would you know keep the top the same yeah so well it's, it looks so fun so you guys still the three of you get time to sit together and make things not so often anymore no. yeah now our, our time together is yeah like on the road yeah business it's, been, or, it's so much business yeah between the, you know our store and then our book and we just finished writing another book that'll come out uh, next year oh, really? so yeah. we've just been all business all the time the yeah. good thing is that we're Fun, easygoing. You know, we have fun when we're doing yeah, the when work you have too. Time, so. And yeah, we also meet like personally. Yeah, all of our fiancés and Melissa's husband. They're you know the six of us are like a little family. Yeah, so we do so a lot of things together. together. You yeah, so our talk about no, right. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. our you know birthdays and mm-hmm. um, any sort of party, like all of us are there. Yeah, awesome. Uh huh. Well, let's talk about your book, okay. obviously. That's what you're out um, trying to plug right now. <laughs> yeah. What do you want people to know about this book? Basically, what we're trying to teach is that you don't have to sew everything from a commercial pattern. Um, we're encouraging people to get their feet wet, you know, by trying their hand and taking, you know, clothes that you would throw out and turning them into something that you might actually wear again. And, you know, also, we don't take you, like, through step by step by step like every single thing that you could possibly do with this idea it's like we're hoping that it'll jog people's creativity and think oh wait if you could do that 
with a shirt, I can do I, I can do that with pants as well, or right. a skirt, or whatever. Right. So you know, we're hoping it'll open people's minds mm-hmm. to how to look at sewing construction and to jog their creativity. And so this is, how did this come about? Um, well, it's published by Taunton Press and they contacted us. We got a phone call from a publisher, which I thought had to be some kind of a joke because <laughs> who are we, right? And, um, <laughs> and she, they said, oh, we have this idea for a book. We'd like it to be called So Subversive. We found your website. We think you girls would be the right ones to write this book. What do you think it should be about? You know, we go, okay, and she says, if you're interested, write us a proposal, outline, you know, this whole thing. So we did, they loved it, and then we have since then sort of been, you know, working back and forth with them on the idea Mm -hmm. and writing and, you know, it's sort of a collaboration between the publisher and us, and it was... We pitched several different yeah. concepts for how the book should, would be organized. Mm-hmm. And they came back and say, no, this isn't good, this yeah. is not good, because mm-hmm. they know about books and we don't really. <laughs> right, right. And, no, uh, now we do, but... Yeah, and projects also, they personally approved mm-hmm. all the projects. Yeah, they were really amazing to work for. Oh. I mean, you couldn't imagine... They're so we, good at they what they do. They taught us so much about yeah. the whole book world. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing I really love about the book is that at the beginning, I mean, a, a, someone who's never sewed before, Someone who's still sitting there without without their sewing machine plugged in, pushing. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, can you guys? <laughs> you know, there there's much. Uh, this would be a wonderful book for anybody that's really looking to just get started. Because you start with everything. I mean, from okay, these are the parts of the sewing machine mm-hmm. to. But of course, you know, I, I don't want to turn people off who've been sewing for a while, thinking, oh, yeah. I don't need that, because there are little things that. You know, I've been sewing for a while, and think little things that I just, since I'm self-taught, yeah, things that I don't know officially, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So you, I read through this, and it's really, and it's written in a very fun way. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Because a lot of times you pick up these sewing manuals, yeah, um, <laughs> so boring, and that's why I haven't read mine. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we all should really yeah. read the manual for our machines, but we we never do. Yeah, <laughs> well, basically, it's boring. Yeah, that chapter is almost verbatim what we teach in our basics class. I kind of got the sense that yeah. this, be, this is good information for someone just starting out or mm-hmm. just information people need to know good review, if they yeah. want to you know, get to the next level with yeah. sewing. People that know how to sew have picked it up and go, oh, I'm so glad you have that bobbin winding part. That's a yeah. part I always forget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I stop. Um, I'm in a quilt block swap right now, and I will do these on deadline. In fact, I should be doing some squares today. <laughs> Yeah, so it's going to be a wee hours of the night when I do these. But I'll stop, and I don't pay attention to where, you know, you're supposed to make sure you finish the stitch, mm-hmm. yeah. as you guys pointed out yeah. here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't really think about that when I'm <laughs> yeah. stitching. I mean, just little things like, yeah. it's not, I mean, it's not a huge thing, but, you know, you'll see your product improve, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Keep going. But And, and the projects. Obviously, my favorite part of the book is the project. <laughs> the ideas you guys give in here are just really fun. Do you have any favorite projects that you guys really like to do or find yourself wearing a lot yourself? Well, the leg warmer project is yeah. so yeah, easy. Yeah, that is a fun, so fun And so I've got quite a collection yeah. of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, I mean, all of these projects are things that we had made in our closets mm-hmm. and so yeah. we just so are these of, all projects you guys had already done or did mm-hmm. you develop some for the book there was a couple that, that we, we developed because we sat down yeah. and brainstormed uh-huh. you know like the pillowcase into a dress yeah that's we true. made up for the book okay yeah but like this halter sweater which 
The one with the twist in the back. This one, yeah. That is really cool. Mm -hmm. That has, you know, the matching leg warmers. And so it's really, it's kind of a cute outfit when you wear it all together. Well, yeah. I mean, you can get quite a few items out of one Mm -hmm. garment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings me to a question here. Do you guys shop for the items in your store? Or how to, or in your lounge, when people come in and uh-huh. you have things for sale. Oh, no, it's all donated. It's all donated. That's oh, the beauty that's awesome. of our community space that we've done. People donate everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anything they would maybe just, they just don't want anymore. Yeah, right. in fact, in. we get too much of it. We have yeah. to clear. turn people away yeah. sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. get clothes, we get fabric, we've gotten books, you know, uh-huh. people wow. donate a lot Machines. of nice Machines. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, for our own collections, we go shop, thrift yeah. shopping, yeah. or just, you know, if you have something in your closet and you're like, I don't know why yeah. I haven't worn this and throw it in a, the other pile. Yeah, you know? there's a pile in my room that yeah. keeps getting bigger because I'll wear something and go, God, I just didn't feel good in this today. I need to do something else with it. You yeah. Know? yeah. And so that pile gets bigger. Yeah. yeah. And so how has it changed your life, this whole experience of you have, now you have a business and mm-hmm. you have a book and now a second book coming on the yeah. way? Well, I mean, in, you know, ways that you couldn't even ever imagine. I mean, if you would have told us all of this stuff a couple of years ago when we yeah. were opening or when we were sitting there drinking wine and like trying to figure out what we're going to do with Star, we would have just not believed you at all. It's amazing. And it still is because I still think like, you know, before we went on this book tour and there was talking about it and they flew us to New York for meetings and and it's like, who are we? We're just big dorks that, you know, got this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty amazing. Uh It's not... I don't know. Everyone thinks that... It's kind of funny because I guess we're just pretty humble about it, but people think it's this big, huge, amazing thing, and yeah. I just keep thinking, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's brought us in touch, definitely, with a community of people that yeah. we would never have met. Right, I mean, like, right. you know, we went to the Renegade Craft Fair in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, and we met all these people that we had heard about and read about, and, right. and, um, and it was really cool, because we would just introduce ourselves, and they had heard about us, and our book, and this and that, and, I mean, we would never have met a lot of those people, because, yeah. I mean... None of them, I guess, because we wouldn't have been at the Renegade Craft Fair. You know? yeah, yeah, It's opened us up to like a huge community. It also, I think, I don't know, maybe you want to talk about like how the business part of it is really kind of like female-based or kind of more nurturing environment than like a corporate. Yeah, that's I mean, it's really taught me because I do work in a very corporate, you know, male-dominated, conservative, and all that environment, and so. It's really refreshing to go and work in at Stitch Lounge on Fridays, you know? I just like to be there. Even though the work I'm doing is not, I'm not sitting there sewing and making stuff. I'm doing the books, I'm doing the money, right. and you know, right. all the behind the scenes stuff. But there's just, you know, being around crafty people, a lot of women, it's very nurturing and it feels really good to be there. There's mm-hmm. just sort of this nice warmth to the place, even though I'm, you know, there doing boring stuff yeah Yeah. so um, and i think the normal like a normal business model would really be like someone did something wrong they get fired you know (laughs) that kind of thing and it's really i think i mean you know we work with people you know we see it as like a mutual learning experience if any issues come up um i mean i think it's really taught me that this like a you don't have to function within this like very patriarchal kind of business model. You can kind of think outside of that and and it will still function. You're right. Traditional business plans are usually made up of how do you deal with worst case scenario? Uh-huh. Who gets fired? Who's going to be? Yeah. What are the penalties? Mm-hmm. You know. And when you come at it with this where people want to be there 
So they're probably going to show up on time. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they really love being there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a whole different mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We worked with a business coach slash counselor. Yeah. <laughs> they have a business coach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she kept saying, so hold on a minute. Is this a business or is this a dream? Because it doesn't sound like one or the other. She uh-huh. says, you're trying, you, she says, if you want to make money, you got to be a business. But we said, but we don't want to do some of these things. You know, she says, well, then it's a dream. So you're just living this dream. And we go, well, no, we want it to be a, you know, so we went back and forth and we talked about it for a long time. And it's kind of funny because it is a marriage of those two things. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, it is a right. business in a sense that we sell goods and services, you know, right. and we have employees and we do all, we pay our taxes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, it is this little dream and it is this, mm-hmm. you know, little family of people. And yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice. well, so do you think that, while a business coach or someone who's really works with business people might be really encouraging you to like make as much money as you can in a business mm-hmm. or something. Do you think that you made a conscious choice that, you know what, we probably can make 10 times more if we approach yeah. this solely as business women? Yeah. Yeah. Oh you, yeah. You guys have made some, well, we're not interested. We in didn't that. do, we yeah. didn't open stitch lounge to make money. Yeah. You know, we didn't, we thought it would be cool if we had a place to go to like that. And so that's why we did it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So do you guys ever want to work there full time? Well, I think we all really things? like our day jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for now, this is working, you know. It's a lot of work, but I mean, you know, I, I've gone to school to be a graphic designer and Melissa has, you know, gotten her master's in human factors. So in order to work as an ergonomist, I think we really enjoy what we're doing, but also enjoy having this other outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I often think about that question because you're not the first person to ask that, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. you know I don't I don't know if I if it wasn't the cre- quote unquote creative outlet side of my life if it would be as fulfilling. You know, there's yeah. something tantalizing <laughs> yeah. having right. that, and you go to that, and uh-huh. so I think it's nice to have both. The variety is so good. I mean, and even if right. we didn't have Stitch and we didn't have So Subversive, we would still have something creative and crafty in our lives. And right. I think I like that being the cherry on top instead yeah. of the main thing. Because when it's the main thing, if it's not, you know, if it, it can drag you down. Mm-hmm. It's that heavy piece. And if it's not right. working, then you get down on it and you hate it. You know, it's like... Well, and there's also a lot of pressure involved. Right. Because mm-hmm. if you don't right. have... Because you, you have day jobs. Uh-huh. So if you have a bad month at Stitch, you, it's not like, oh, I can't eat this exactly. month. <laughs> you know? exactly. I mean, you have other incomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you got to be realistic yeah. about certain things. And yeah. sometimes the, the hobbies aren't the most <laughs> profitable. Well, in the crafts industry, I mean, just yeah. it's just something that, yeah, I think all of us start creating things that, you know, if you, you feel like something's missing in the mm-hmm. world, so you try to create it. And, you know, well, I'm so glad you guys did this. Fantastic. And I wish San Francisco was a little closer. Yeah. So my next trip, I'll have to make sure I pop in. Yeah, it definitely. sounds like a fun place. It's great. And this is the kind of place I'd want to go with my sisters and just mm-hmm. hang out. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. And um, yeah, we have a lot of girlfriends who come in. Yeah. What can we expect from your next book? Well, it's uh, more of the same attitude-wise, but instead of taking items from your closet, uh, we go to the thrift store. So we okay. talk all about thrifting and how and why and where, and, and then all the projects are taking items from a thrift store and changing them into new things. Awesome. So it's a little more advanced techniques. We assume you already know how to sew by now. Um, we do add some new techniques, and okay. but yeah, the projects are a little, maybe for a little older crowd, I mean, things that we wear all the time anyways. Mm-hmm. It's fun because we take, you know, those 
thrift shop items that you commonly find. So yeah, like yeah. moo's and old man pants and old man pants. you know, like all kinds of stuff <laughs> like Men's that. What can you make shirt. out of old yeah. man pants? Can you give we me made a bustier. Oh, are you oh. kidding me? It's a bustier. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's cute. Wow. You'll have You'll to see, see it. it. Yeah, and then when when does that come out? Next year. September of 07. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Awesome. I think this has been great. I'm so glad to be able to meet you guys. Thanks for your time and I think I'll uh I'll cut you guys loose here. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sure. Well, that was fun. Thanks so much, ladies, for taking the time to chat with me and showing off your fabulous refashioned outfits. That was fun. I'm posting a photo that I took when I met Hope and Melissa A. in Novi so you can see their cool outfits that we talked about during the interview. And also, I hope you're inspired now to refashion something. Take a picture of your finished piece or even your work in progress, and I will post that on the website and enter you into the contest to win a copy of their book, So Subversive, Down and Dirty, for the fabulous fashionista. You're going to like it. It's a really fun book written by some really fun women. Thanks to the ladies of Stitch Lounge for sharing their knowledge with the world in this book and creating such a cool place for urban sewers out in California to get their stitch on and get to be creative in the company of other people who want to learn more about sewing. It's really great to see sewing get such a hip reputation. I hope all of you enter the contest. If you want to get into sewing and refashioning, this is a great book to get you started. And it's written in such a way that even you veterans out there would enjoy it. They give some great tips in there of how you can really develop your own personal style by just taking garments and making them your own. And now I'm pleased to announce the winners of the Craft Sanity Color Harmony for Quilts book giveaway contest. That book is by Weeks Ringle, who is featured on episode 41 of the Craft Sanity podcast. So check that out if you missed it. She's a fantastic quilter. She co-wrote the book with her husband, Bill Kerr. And they were kind enough to donate three copies of their book. The three winners of the book are Kevin in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Brooke in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Elizabeth in Nashville, Tennessee. Elizabeth and Kevin are quilters, and Brooke is somebody who's just getting started. As you know, the contest was open to both quilters and non-quilters, but I am amazed by how many quilters sent in photos. There's going to be tons posted. Because of the volume of entries, it's taken me a little bit longer to get everything posted, but look for that this weekend for sure. So thank you everyone for entering. I was so impressed with the quilting that you guys are doing. And I was also really impressed by the reasons why people say they want to get into it. Everything from having a legacy, like something to leave their children and grandchildren, to people that just have been collecting fabric and trying to get the courage to make that first cut. Thank you, everyone, again for entering. I encourage you all to check out the website this weekend and see what other Craft Sanity listeners are creating at home. It's really inspiring. Can't wait to see what you guys do for the So Subversive contest. Just email me your photo for that contest. I'll enter you into the drawing. Please include your mailing address. Email your entries to jennifer at craftsanity.com by Tuesday, November 28th. I had a little technical difficulty this week with my internet, so I didn't post every single day. But I think it was kind of fun to post a couple things on the blog throughout the week. And as I mentioned before, I'm kind of turning that more into a place where I'm going to be posting stuff all the time. You can go to the podcast archive and see, of course, all the shows. And then just look on the blog for things that I see around town here and crafty things coming up. This week, I'm going to be posting a photo of the largest hat loom in the world. Well, at least what I believe to be the largest hat loom in the world. So check that out on the blog. I will be back next week with another exciting episode of Craft Sanity. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me.